0: Okay. Good evening, everyone. Today's uh, this week is Parshas Pinchas, and uh, lately I'm getting uh, into the sichos from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and uh, he does an amazing job of analyzing Rashi's. It's unbelievable. You can look at a Rashi and you can think, okay, what's the big deal about this Rashi? And he just goes deep into the Rashi. And after coming up with a, you know, asking a million questions and showing his insight, and now you get a better understanding of the Rashi, and then he always gives you amazing lessons for life. But before we get to that, we're going to go to a famous set of Midrashim that you all have come across at one time or another, and you've all come across with the simple answer to the question, and tonight we'll go to the much deeper answer to the question. And we start with the first two sources, where the Midrashim are debating what is the most important verse in the Torah? What is the most important verse of the Torah? So if you're not aware of those Midrashim, it's an interesting discussion. If you are aware of them, then it's not such an interesting discussion because you know what they say. but what would be without looking if you haven't looked yet you always <do>. ready <laughs> look. and I would have guessed it wrong okay. uh, I mean, well, yeah. anyway yeah, let's take a look at the first source <laughs> love, love <laughs> your fellow man as yourself Rabbi Akiva said uh, Rabbi Akiva said this is a great principle of the Torah so according to Rabbi Akiva, that's the pasuk you want. V'ahav to kamocha. says, no. Ze sefer Torah sa'odam. This is the book of the generations of man. On the day that God created man, he made him in his image. It is a greater principle than that. So you have two principles. Loving your neighbor like yourself the other one says no the fact that man was made in God's image is even a greater principle okay that's one medrash Uh, the Eniakul brings another medrash in the second source Ben Zoma we have found a more inclusive verse and it is Shema Yisrael. that's a pretty good verse Ben nanis says we have found a more inclusive verse than that's so love your fellow man as yourself as the previous madras Shimon Ben Pazi says we found a more inclusive verse than this, and that's the verse in this week's parsha, hmm. talking about the korban tumid, the first lamb you shall sacrifice in the morning, and the second lamb you shall sacrifice in the evening. Been here all night and never would have picked that one. Never would have picked that one. Rabbi Plony stood up and said that Allah is in accordance with Ben Pazzi. The last one. Fascinating. So the obvious question is, yes, if we would have asked you what would be your number one answer, Shema Yisrael is a pretty good answer. That's a fundamental principle. Man is creating God's image, a very important thing. Love your neighbor like yourself. What's this idea of bringing the daily offering? How is this the greatest of all? So this is a famous question, and the morale gives the famous answer, and that is that consistency is the most important thing, okay? Because you could be very excited about things, and you could, you know, flame on for a certain amount of time, yeah. but the idea is you got to be consistent. Without consistency... You know, you got to love your fellow man as yourself every day. (laughs) Okay, you got to remember man is in creating all these things. The consistency is what does it. I was actually thinking of something else. You have to actually wake up and have in mind that it's not all about you in the morning. You have to sacrifice something in the morning. You sacrifice something in the evening. So, which means to me, when I sacrifice something, I'm not focusing on myself. But to learn to focus on others first thing in the morning and focus on others at the end of the day. Well, love your fellow man as yourself is also focusing on other people. But when you, well, when you, you say man. that though, it means that you're loving your fellow man as you're loving yes. yourself. So it shouldn't have be on not always on yourself. Okay, uh, fine. Family. I like what you're saying also in the sense that if you have to sacrifice one of your lambs every morning and every night, you're going to feel that. It's so up some yeah. yeah, okay okay that's that's good. that's nice. All right, so now we're gonna now look at this uh, introduction to this Pasuk and look at a whole different um, number of issues here and then we'll uh, we'll we'll come back to this towards the end of the class. So in Parsha's Pinchas, we are taught of, it's one of the largest Torah portions and one of the reasons is because we're told about all the korbanos that are brought starting with the daily offering then the, uh, the this is the we'll call the congregational offerings Family. so you have the daily offering and then we've got for uh, Shabbos and then for Schodesh and then for Yom Tif, all the korbanos that have to be brought so let's take a look at source number three. And this is a fairly well uh, known Pasuk because Rosh Chodesh comes every month. So we say, Hashem says to Moshe, Tzav es benay Israel Command the Jewish people and say to them, Es korbani lachmi, my korban, lachmi, my bread. For my fire offering, reach nicholach, a, a spirit of satisfaction, a pleasant smell. Tishmaru, you shall take care. La Riv to bring it at its appointed time, and then we move on to the korban tamid and all the Karbanos that are there. That is what the pasuk says. Seems like a pretty straightforward pasuk doesn't seem to present any difficulties over there any, any difficulties with the puzzle doesn't look to give any problems so comes along rashi and says the following in source for what was stated before this what is this following what part of the Torah is following it? so maybe before you do any more of the Rashi Let's flip the sheet and go to page 6. Uh, no, oh, source 6. And let's see what the topic was before. And Vaydeber Moshe Moshe speaks to Hashem. Now Moshe realizes he's not going to get to go to Eretz Yisrael. He's not going to be the leader in Eretz So what does he do? He says Yifkot Hashem Elokeha Ruchos so let Hashem, who is the God of spirits in all flesh, let him appoint Lakal uh, Basar, let him appoint Ish, a person, Al over the congregation. Appoint a leader. A who will go out before them, Hashel Yovel of Name will go go before, come before them. Vasher Vasher and who uh who will lead them and bring them and the congregation of Israel should not be like sheep who don't have a shepherd so Moshe is saying Hashem you're going to have to pick a leader I'm, I'm not going to be around much longer good thing to do in my lifetime okay and then Rashi says "LOK, haruchos Lom and are. Why did we? Why does he refer to Hashem as Haruchos, the God of the Spirits? So, if you recall, we had a Rashi a couple of weeks ago, and I remember which class. That means thoughts. Moshe said to Mass Universe. It's revealed before you what everybody's thoughts are. and none of them are the same as the others point for them a leader point a person who can tolerate every person according to his individual character so what's Moshe saying Moshe saying Hashem we cannot let these people go without a shepherd I care about them I love them I'm not going to be there you're going to have to find somebody you're going to have to find somebody who's going to be able to handle such a challenging position. Everyone's got different thoughts, different ideas. No two Jews are the same. You have to have a person with a very good love for the Jewish people. So, so this soon after Moshe couldn't. What that's when he was told he's not going. He's right no but I'm just saying he couldn't put up with the people he was just complaining about them and hitting the wrong Yeah, but more or less, he stuck with them for 40 years. No, I appreciate he, that. I'm just saying. He was able to to, to deal with them, and they were a hard bunch of fellows to deal with. Mm. But he was the trusted shepherd. Mm-hmm. He, he never left the flock. True. So this was the subject matter that we just finished that precedes the story of the carbonos okay so we got this so now we go back to that Rashi again in source number four so Rashi asks Ma Amur Lamala what has been stated before what was the previous topic and he quotes those opening verses Yifkod Hashem Hashem should appoint somebody etc etc that's what Hashem said so now Rashi's telling you what this Pasuk meaning is now you Thought was pretty straightforward command the Jewish people they should bring carbonos. Yeah. so Rashi is saying first of all you got to know this command is coming connected to what was said before and what was said before is Moshe you better find someone to take care of these people so now Rashi is you'll see he's quoting a sifri here before you command me about my children to find something for them why don't you command my children for me? <laughs> okay, in other words, you're so worried that I should find a shepherd for them. Wait a minute, maybe you should be first worried that they should be loyal to me. Marshal. here's the analogy. Labas melech, to the daughter of a king. She's about to die from the world. And she asks from her husband regarding her children, etc., etc. As you find out in the Free. well, that's going to be a little bit hard for us to know what's going on because he doesn't fill in what the etc is. He assumes we know what the Sifri, this type of a medrash, has to say. So therefore, it's pretty convenient if I supply you the Free in source number five. Okay, I'm going to read it in Hebrew, but the English is below, and this is the reason why I'm reading the Hebrew. You'll see soon. So this is the source that Rashi calls his commentary from. Okay, so... And the words Vida Bear, Hashem Moshe, it's second line in the Hebrew. why did Hashem say this? Vishul because Moshe said to him, you have to appoint a leader who will come and go before them. what can this be compared to? Lamelech Shahois to a king whose wife was departing from the world. And she's charging the husband over her children. Amrilo, she says to him, he's And please be careful with my children," says the king. Amrlo, achat Before you're gonna charge me over your sons, pakti Why don't you? Um, tell your children to be careful with me. They shouldn't rebel against me. And they shouldn't treat me disrespectfully. So this is what Hashem is saying to Moshe. Before you're telling me to take care of my children. Tell my children to take care of me. That so, they shouldn't treat me with disrespect So They should not Go against my honor Through foreign gods And therefore tell them to bring Korbanos Okay so that's the source Rashi just started us Off on that So let's try to unpack This Rashi and just understand it First on the simple level so what seems to be the question that's... Remember, Rashi only makes a comment if there's something not good with the text. Okay? And we always look at the title of the Rashi. So in source number four, the title of the Rashi is Sav Es B'nai Command the Jews. Remember, the title tells you that's where the problem is. That's a hint. Whenever the, he could put anything in the title, there's a whole bunch of words. The title is important. So he's saying, "How can I command the children if they don't respect me?" Well, they you're already getting them. to the answer. You're 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 saying good, but you're just getting a couple steps ahead here. We have to always start with Ra, Rashi's job is not to get paid by the word. Rashi, his job, he he wrote a commentary that if there's something in the text that makes it difficult to understand, he'll make a comment and he will cull from Talmudic sources, not always quoting them, and he'll integrate it into the text so the text will make sense and everything will be fine. So there's something wrong with the word, has to be, Tsav Es Yisrael, right? So now what could possibly be the problem? Well, maybe you'd say, well, I'm not sure. Why does he say "tsav"? What does "tsav" mean? Well, Rashi in Parsha "tsav" long ago told us what "tsav" means. "Tsav" is an expression of zirus, like uh, of attentiveness, and you know you have to be careful now and for generations. Okay, that's what "tsav". "Tsav" is just command. It's not just command where Hashem says to Moshe, command the Jewish people, when he says it could say, speak to the Jewish people, speak to the Jewish people, just like in partial Sav it means zeros, you should make them alacritous, attentive for all generations. It's, it's a stronger expression. So, don't, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with that there isn't anything wrong with that because we already know what that word means so what's Rashi coming well what did Rashi ask he says ma lamala what did it say beforehand mm-hmm. okay, it said beforehand that Moshe says Hashem you can't leave the people without shepherds ok now Rashi plugs in into Sifri and now what does Rashi what question seems to be what Rashi is answering here what is the question if you have the answer, you have to lay jeopardy now. You have the answer, you need the question. Right? What did it say before? Moshe says, You got to find someone to take care of. To which Hashem says, Before I find someone to take care of them, maybe you tell them to take care of me. Yeah. Okay, so. What comes first? Okay, but so what would be the. Some would say, Well, the question is, what's the connection between the two events? In other words, event number one was Moshe tells Hashem, you got to find a leader. And now we have Hashem telling the Jews about bringing korbanos. What does event one have to do with event two? So the event two is telling you how to do event one, like how to respect and honor and um, at, yes, care for... Yes, and better. Hashem saying, before I'm to worry about doing one, we got to take care of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to take care of them? That was event one wait a minute. See, Hashem does not appoint a leader yet. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to do that later. <laughs> he hasn't done it. Moshe's got to get a So I said, fine. And now, Hashem says, okay, but before I move on with that, how about make sure that they are going to take care of me and respect me? And so it would seem, you would think, therefore, that the question is, Rashi: saying, what's the connection of the two unrelated events? Mm-hmm. That could be the textual question. It seems odd that Hashem is is telling Moshe, Moshe is telling Hashem, go find a leader for the Jewish people. Let me just read it again inside for everybody. Inside uh, he, it the seems like a non-sequitur. It seems like Hashem's on sequitur Yeah, like what, what is the... Well, oh, yeah. so the emphasis of the leader. The, Moshe was can, always, was always the one directing Khalid Israel to do things. And now it's Hashem's telling Khalid Israel to do it on the... Uh, on the no, they're not. Hashem is telling tal- you. In, in the be section before. You see, everything's in little same. sections. Your own so no. Moshe says, you gotta you're find to a else, leader man. for them. And Hashem says, yes, you're gonna take Yeshua and there's gonna be things you're gonna be doing. Fine, and all that. You're gonna going to do that, not this minute. But you should do it. You should take care of it. Fine, so that's the story. And now, okay, that's the story. Okay, okay Yeshua's gonna be the leader. Fine. Now we talk about the Kavanas. So now seems the question is, so why these two unrelated events, why is one following the other? If that's the question, then Rashi's answering because is worried about the Jews. Hashem says before, we worried about the Jews. taking uh, Me taking care of them, we should make sure that they're taking care of me. Right. And that would seem to be the question of the answer. That would seem to be simple enough, but there's a major problem with that because whenever this happens, Rashi will always spell out the question directly and Rashi will say words like why are these two stories connected we have this many times in Parsha Shlach he says why is the story of the spies following the story of Miriam ok or when, when beginning of Balosra when Aaron was said he's going to light the menorah why is the lighting of the menorah following the story of the Nassim bring the Korbanos so it seems whenever Rashi is asking, trying to help us going to order, he asks it straight out. Exactly those words. Lama nismacha. Why is it connected? Rashi doesn't quite say that. He says ma amur lamala. What was said before. That's not to say, he always says why is this, why are these two stories connected? So that doesn't seem to be the question because every other time he asks it, he says it straight out what is the connection between the two stories it just says what did it say beforehand it's not strongly asking what was the connection and also really what why is there a question you know why hashem is telling us this because he hasn't talked about the corbanos yet he hasn't told us about the communal corbanos yet and he's running out of time because we're almost at the end of Sefer Bamidbar. midbar we have to know what are the corbanos that we have to bring now you could ask, why does Hashem wait so long? That's another question. But that is, it, it, it's, this doesn't seem to be the question that Rashi is asking. Okay? So we'll go back to square one. What is disturbing Rashi over here? So you may say, well, you know what's bothering Rashi? Let's go back to the Pusik. The Pesach says, Tzav es command commanded Jews in sorcery, V'martoleim, and say to them, Oh maybe that's the question why do you got to say twice command the Jewish people and say to them maybe that's the question but if that's the question then Rashi should have put more in the title number one it should have said Tzavis B'Nesro Ve'amartalem should have been the title and more than that we find many times in the Torah at least more than a dozen yeah where Hashem says Command the Jews And say to them And Rashi doesn't say anything yeah. Yeah. So he's not bothered with that So therefore We're still stuck Trying to figure out The question There is There is a let just close that middle shade please There is a question And we don't really have the question If the question is Why are these two events put together Rashi's not asking that He's asking if, the order What? Or the order no, that. It was the first one you, no, he, he just. He, why it connected? In other words. He, but he that if was that the was context? the question, he would have asked it. He's not asking it. He's asking about the context. No, because he would. That, that usually means, why is this following this? He would specifically say, why is this story following this story? If you look at every other Rashi, it says, why is the story of Miriam, the Maraglam, after the story of was Miriam? Why is A after B? Here he doesn't say why is A after B. He just says what was mentioned before. So that, that's not the way he asks that question. And the fact is Tzav commanded on That's also not unusual. So we're stuck at this point. What was really disturbing Rashi? Which is major question number one. Okay, now. we got to hang on here. This is... We, the Rebbe wants to show us how we totally don't understand this Rashi at all. That's his style. Like, just, you don't understand a word of this Rashi. And then he gives his insight, and they go, and now he says, now read the Rashi, and now you're going to see how it's perfect. Okay, so you got to hang on. This is the uh, trenches part of the class, where you got to use your brains a lot. But then when you come to the end, you're going to say, wow, that's what he's saying. It's, it's, you'll see, it's just... I'm just telling you to hang on, persevere. I know this is not as entertaining as other classes, but we have to use our minds, and after 8 o'clock, it's awfully hard. Frankly, after 5 o'clock, it's hard. So let's look at the second issue. Okay, now we we'll look at the parable. The parable. Now, often, you know, you could have a statement of reality without a metaphor, or you could have a metaphor. Now, if I would not use a metaphor to describe what Rashi is saying, you'd say, well, you know why? We you know, it says before Moshe's worry about the Jews. So Hashem says before we worry about them, let them worry about me. Finished. But no, the Free and Rashi bring the metaphor. Now, why was a Free have to bring a metaphor unless what I want to say is not clear enough without a metaphor? Whenever the Medjush brings a metaphor, it says, if I'm just going to explain it to you straight, you're not going to get it 100%. That's why I have to give you a metaphor. And the question is, well, what does the metaphor add to my understanding? Because what did Hashem say? Hashem says, before you tell me to worry and find them someone, tell them to give me honor. But it's pretty straightforward. If they're not going to honor me, what's it going to help for me to take care of them? I'll give you an analogy to that. Right? And Rashi said, Well, the daughter of a king, she's going to die, and she's telling her husband, Take care of the kids. And he said, Well, before you tell them, Take care of the kids, tell so them, Take care of me. So, how does that add anything? <laughs> it's a, it, I mean, I understood without the metaphor at all. That's, that's number one. And also, if anything, the metaphor, maybe it's really bad. doesn't really line up, does it? Whoa, hold on. Yes, doesn't, why does it not line up? The princess is departing, this world. And D- dying? Dying, yeah. But Hashem's not leaving. No. Moshe is. The, who's? The husband Okay, so now let's try to get, Who's the princess in the story, Moshe, Paul? Moshe. 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 Oh, I see. Moshe's. Okay, Moshe's dying. Okay, I, right. should, I should have been clearer on that. Okay. Moshe's dying. He's the princess. Yeah. Right. And now you got the king. Okay. And now you got the children. So that, that's the lineup, so to speak. You have Hashem, the Jewish people, and Moshe. Hashem and the princess. Moshe dies. Please watch over the kids. Hashem's says, kids, help take care of me. Okay, that's that is the analogy, but still, it really doesn't really fit in so well. Why? Because what 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 is we're lining up Hashem with the Father, right? Yeah. Now, what does Moshe say about the children in their lives? How many children are with Moshe and Hashem here? Millions. Yeah, yeah. And each one is. You talk about millions of kids. This is the leader of the entire Jewish people, and you need a leader who can mamish take care of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Right now, how many people have to be taken care of in the analogy? It should so, be equal to be a, good problem. a couple of kids. A couple, yeah. yeah, two kids, three kids, four kids, eight kids, all, yeah. ten kids. Not. Two million people all those kids are under one house. Right? So that's very few. Right. And 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 also Hashem's not their father. The, the analogy is it's your kids. So you gotta really tell a father to take care of his kids. That's what So it seems the way the analogy is coming up here. That her request is superfluous. What dying wife has to tell the husband to take care of the kids? Is this what you're comparing Moshe who's leaving millions of people who are not God's kids, so to speak, I mean, subjects, okay? So I hear that. And if anything, the analogy is worse than the reality. It's not clearer, it's worse you tell me a woman is dying. She has a couple kids. She tells the husband, please take care of the kids. Well, why wouldn't he? (laughs) Like, why wouldn't he? And and you're comparing this to what Moshe's leaving millions of kids. Even the husband's answer doesn't sit well with me. Like, the wife asked the husband, looked after the kids. He's going to say, well... First, they have to look after me, or oh, me. Oh, so now you're asking the second question Obbavaturevi asks. okay? In other words, the answer is absurd. right I said command for me. Now we could say with Hashem it's not absurd because the Jews rebelled a million times against God. Remember two, last week, two weeks ago they were ten times they tested me, Hashem said. Ten times! So I could see why Hashem would want to say, first tell them not to rebel against me. But the father of the kids, you don't know anything about them rebelling. Would a wife who's dying have to tell her husband, would, would the husband say, you want me to take care of them? First tell them to take care of me. What do you mean, Who? Why would they not? Why would they not? We don't have any track record in the metaphor that the kid's didn't go along with the father. So if anything, this metaphor, first of all, doesn't add. If anything, it doesn't even fit at all. Makes it more confusing. Right? It's like a terrible metaphor. If you're picking a metaphor, for goodness sake, pick a good metaphor. Not only does it not enhance our understanding, it decreases and it doesn't help us at all. You see? Moshe at least is saying, listen, there's a lot of them out there, man. You're gonna need somebody good. Okay, that's true, oh, you're right. It's not gonna be easy to find somebody to take care of them. And I said, but make sure they don't rebel against me. That that fits pretty good too. But the ma- analogy, the metaphor, is what? Watch the, the four or five kids? That's gonna be such a hard job? And then and the says, well, they better like me. What do you mean better like me? Of course, why not? There is a bit, of, a little bit of a, of a of something that's constant here, because if Moshe is playing the princess, he is constantly looking uh, at his people uh, for to be taken care of. Okay. And Hashem is playing, you know, the role, you know, a husband. I go, it's perceived Hashem will take it. There's no, there's no sense even asking. But the thing is, Hashem's looking for something. To say, okay, I'm look, I'm looking for. You know, it's, it's it's a two-way relationship. I go. Just don't come to me and ask for. Fine. Whatever you want to say, but how is I the analogy? How's the metaphor fitting? Do we illustrate. What the is the metaphor? Is not a proper metaphor. It says husband. It should say king. Why does it say husband? It's that matter. Because husband. If you say okay. King. All right. Hang on to that thought. All right. I, I mean, we understand what the general context of what Rashi is saying. But the problem is First of all We don't know what Was bothering Rashi With the Pusik at all That question We haven't answered Now we're saying Rashi Just say what you say Forget about the analogy Don't bring the metaphor Mm -hmm. I'll take what you say Without the metaphor We're not denying The the truth of what Rashi is saying Moshe is saying I'm worried about the people Good Hashem says Guess what I'm worried that people May not respect me I get it If Rashi does that Fine I'm happy but the metaphor does not fit to what we're just trying to say. So that so Rashi shouldn't bring a metaphor that does not support what the idea that he is saying himself. That's the problem. So it's a second type of question. Okay. Now what's really interesting is is it Rashi's job to quote sources? He's not a journalist. Okay. Rashi's whole job is to just add in whatever commentary that'll make the reading of the text easy for you. Most times Rashi does not even quote the sources and he's not plagiarizing, he's saying, he said in the beginning, he says, I'm bringing you from all the oral law, I'm just gonna weave it into the text. It's all I'm doing, weaving the understanding into the text. And if he's bringing the source, there must be a reason why he brings the source. But then when he brings a source, at least he brings the whole source. And what did Rashi do? He says, well, as the analogy, and he only brings you the beginning of the analogy, the beginning of the metaphor. Look at Rashi in four is much shorter than the Free in five. He just says in an analogy to the daughter of a king that's going to die, and she's worried about the, the husband, etc., etc. Well, we missed the whole give and take of that, what the C free brought when i quoted the C free there was a lot more to be said and rashi says like it is in the C free so either you don't quote the C free at all or if you quote it quote it entirely don't quote half with if i don't know the C free i don't know what's going on so Rashi is assuming i know the C free so it must be rashi is only bringing you I guess we have to say the important part well, I'm failing to see what makes that the important part. In other words, Rashi feels, I gave you enough. Well, I don't know. I don't see how that really works. Okay, now it gets really exciting. Let's look. I highlighted all this in pink now. Let's go to the Sifri's version of the story. And let's see if Rashi is true to the Sifri's version or not. Who's Sifri, again? Sifri is like a madrish. It's like from Tanoim, works. It's like a Medrash on the Chumash. Just okay. explaining things in the Chumash. Okay. So look at the pink. Or in the, in the English or the Hebrew word. Yeah. Melech, a king. Ishto, his wife. Yeah. So the, the queen is dying. Or the king's wife is dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's asking the king to take care of his children. Let's take a look at Rashi. Who is the lady that's dying? Princess. 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 Who is she married? To a commoner. Her. No, there's no king. There's no king. Not even a prince. Not even a prince. You see, in the Rashi, a princess, instructed her husband we don't he's no, he's no king. Don't no talk about a king. If he's king yeah, is right it, You right? see you see, you hear the free, you figure Rashi. If Rashi wants to quote the C Free, he'd quote it the way the C Free said it. C yeah. Free is clear. King and his wife. That makes sense. King and his wife. The children are the wife's kids and the king's kids and the king's kids, the king's kids are princesses. Princes. Princess and princesses. And the father is the king. And Rashi is quoting the free, but is purposely changing it a little bit to a daughter of a king not the wife of a king who's married to a commoner you, I, I, I used, yeah. it's a source 4 you so see princess husband. instructing her husband now, if it was a king and his wife, you wouldn't say princess. Right. You'd, say You'd say king and his wife. And that's the way Sifri in five says a king and a wife. I hmm. hope oh, this is not too difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We, could, yeah. we don't have okay. 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 But you see, Rashimanga's yeah. yeah. av- yeah, instead of the Sifri says a king and his wife. Yeah. So kids. Rashi, now, Rash says princess, yeah. king is somewhere over here. Princess marries a commoner. They have kids. So why is Rashi doing this? Now, it must be, you know, when we talk about texts of the Sifri, you have to know all these ancient texts, there could have been corruptions in texts. Because they're written by hand and then someone copies it. So it could be there were a couple versions of the Sifri out there yet, you know, Rashi would probably know those versions but he prefers this version than the other version or he feels this is a better version to say but if you really think about it, which version would make more sense the Sifri's version or Rashi's version? Sifri Sifri, because we're talking about a king, who's the king? Hashem! Hashem. Right. What did we say? We got Hashem Jewish people Moshe okay so we got the wife is Moshe Jewish people are the kids now who is best to be called this person here king or commoner king, king. and Rashi prefers the commoner over the king more perplexing <laughs> whoa whoa yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so now good. so now you see how difficult this Rashi is yeah. now Every way you look at it. And now, why does Rashi tell us a source anyway? You want to know why he would tell us a source? Because there's sometimes many multiple sources. You have Sifri, you have Medrish. A lot of authors, and sometimes they say similar things but with differences. And Rashi's saying, you know, Sifri is one type of a Medrash but Tanchuma from Rabbi Tanchuma. Is another sort of a medrash. There's also something else different here. The first in Rashis, she's instructing the husband, and but with the king and wife relationship, is, she's praying. Well, no, you know, that's the English. Oh, that's the Hebrew is the same. Um, okay. when I take English translations, you know, prayer could be instructed, but okay. in the English it's both in the Hebrew it's pokat, okay. which is instruct. Yeah, Robbie, just a quick question. When it says me in, in before, is the me definitely referring to a husband, or could the me be Hashem? The husband is common. Where's me? before? husband. My children are gone. husband, but in English, it said, "Instruct them about me." Could the me be Hashem and not be the husband? Instruct them about me. Yeah, it's 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 the it's husband, the husband, husband and and or Hashem or Hashem. That's the marshal and nimshal, the metaphor and the reality. Yeah. So it's husband it could yeah. be me the king or the husband or Hashem yeah but it still doesn't fit now Rashi why is he quoting this because he wants to say and don't think I'm referring to the Tanchuma it's a different kind of Medrash from Rabbi Tanchuma and, and look what he says look what he says the parable is 8 to a king who took a wife and had a best man uh, huh. <laughs> third middle man middle man a best man there are no kids over here a best man what does that mean? Every time the king got angry at the wife, what he, he'd be the go-between and make peace. Mm-hmm. And now, the best man's about to die. So what does he say to, the, to, the, to his friend, the king? He says, you know, do me a favor. Pay attention to your wife. Okay? So he says, instead of you charging me concerning my wife, charge my wife concerning me that she be careful of my honor. Now, guess what? If I have to pick any of the metaphors, which is the best metaphor to pick? Spot this on, one's yeah. exact spot on! Yeah. The Menris Targoma is spot on! Right? You got a king and a wife, they're fighting. So, Jews and Hashem fighting? Yep. Best man, Moshe? Yep. Moshe says, dying. listen, I'm dying, so pay attention! Pay attention, Hashem said Pay attention. Let them pay that. That is a perfect lock. And Rashi is telling you, I know that this is a better one, and I'm personally not picking that one, and I'm picking the Sifri, and I'm changing it, and I'm making a way that's making you crazy. Yep. So here are the problems with the Rashi. So, to summarize the three problems. Number one, we still don't know what question was bothering Rashi with this text. A, it can't be because what's the juxtaposition of the verses because he would have said it straight out with the juxtaposition. It can't be, he says, Tzav in Ammar to it's because he does that all the time. So that's not an issue. The second one is, how does the analogy, the analogy does not fit the reality and doesn't make it better if anything it makes it worse and more than that why does Rashi choose to quote only part of the sifrei and not all of the Sifri and more than that he had a better source to go to the Tanchuma that would have been spot on and yet he refuses to do that one and he goes with the worse source and he doesn't even quote that source the way it was or he picked a version that's a worse version we have the Tanchuma version, the Sifri's version, and Rashi's version of Sifri. Each one is going in worse order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of picking Tanhumah, which is a perfect match, he picks Sifri, which is not such a good match. Mm-hmm. But the way Rashi learns, it makes it even a worse match. Yeah. So this is how you're supposed to learn a Rashi. <laughs> <laughs> so now, says the rabbit, okay, if you want to understand what's going on, we have to understand what is the question that's bothering Rashi. Okay, if you're lost till now, that's still fine. Because now it's just pay attention to this part now. Now we can say now you know what is not the shot. So now what was bothering Rashi? So again, we go back to the word tzav. And we know Rashi has told us before that Sav is an expression of zeros of encouragement, of attentiveness. But the only time we tell you to be attentive is if you actually have to do something. If you have to do something. Sav command them to be attentive because there's something that they have to do. Okay, in action, there's a real mitzvah you have to do. Okay, so let's see exactly. What mitzvah are we talking about now? Carbonos, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who brings korbanos? Kohanim only. These are the yom tif korbanos. This is a korban tamid. It's only kohanim. So let's read the title of the Rashi, please. Go to source 4. What's the title of Rashi? (laughs) Sav s. Who's B'nai Yisrael? Yeah. What shit it says? Sav Let's go back to Parshish Tzav <laughs> where well, it does say the word Tzav and talks about karbonos. Tzav oh, es Aaron. The S Lay more. Command on children. This is other karbonos. Tzav. And there Rosh says Tzav is the expression of attentiveness. Because you got work to do and I want you to do the job properly. Yeah. So what's bothering Rashi is why he's saying Tzav is B'nai Yisrael. No. They're not bringing the Carbonos. But don't the Karbonos come from the individual? No, no, no. No, this is the communal, one. The, individual the communal one. one. Even oh, better. Is com- Listen, even better. Here in Tzav, those are the individual carbonos of the Jews. But they don't bring them. Who does the work? A Jew can offer Corbin. Here's my Corbin. I sinned. Here's my Corbin. But they're not doing anything. The coin's doing all the work. Yeah. So Hashem is saying, be alacritous. Do your work with alacrity. But who is the the go iron Tzavis, And that's all about korbanos. Even though a Jew is bringing the Corbin, but he doesn't do the service. Who do we got to tell? The coin is the one that has to be... Be... Uh, uh, be it alacrity, so that and, and that's so. Now, we're saying here, we're totally going to talk about korbanos, and these are communal korbanos, these are yontif korbanos, daily korbanos. So why in every, every place it says Tzav or Emor el Hakohanim, This has nothing to do with the Yisrael's over. It's only Kohanim, and that's the title Sav es Yisrael. What's the Jewish people doing over there? That is the question. So that's why he switches to husband. Oh, Hold on. You're going too fast. Don't go so fast. Slow down. Slow down. We gotta, gotta still chew what we got over here. So you hear? Isn't that a great question? That's the title. No more. It should say Tsav Es HaKohanim. Now that's a great question. And therefore Rashi's got a big problem. Where am I going to find the answer? Where am I going to find the answer? Well, maybe let's look at the story beforehand. Now I'm not looking for the connection between the two stories. That's not the question. The question is, why is he commanding the Jews when he's supposed to be commanding the Kohanim? So Rosh saying, the only way I'm going to be able to answer this question is if we go back to the story beforehand. And therefore, I'm acknowledging there's a story beforehand, but... The connection wasn't bothering me. Well, you have one before the other, but what's bothering me is why are we talking to the Jews? So Rashi, well, what did it say beforehand? So what did Moshe say beforehand? Let's go back to source seven, right? Well, when when Moshe says, you have to pick a leader for the Jewish people, Mm -hmm. right? You have to pick a leader for the Jewish people. So, when Rashi saying, what did it say earlier? It said, you're going to pick a with Jewish people. So, Hashem said, before you command me about me, your, me taking care of your sons, command my sons to take care of me. Command my sons to take care of me. Tzavess, B'nai Yisrael. Yeah. Command the Jewish people and not about the Korbanos. But just tell them to be alacritous about me. Sav is Israel. Make them alacritous. Okay? And that is something that I need alacrity from each and every Jew. That's what he's saying. Lacrity in what? In just doing mischief? In not rebelling against me. Right. Okay? Sav. Just like Moshe said, mitzvani al-b'nei Yisrael," So the same thing he's saying. So Hashem says, command them. Es b'nei that means everybody. Just like Moshe wanted Hashem to take care of all of the Jewish people, Hashem says, I want them all to be alacritous. Command them about me not to, and and what, what do I mean more? And to take heart and tell them that this has to play itself out in the world of action and I want you guys to make sure that the Kohanim bring their karbonos properly mm-hmm. and it's not the Kohanim doing it on their own without you yeah, but people have to bring because them. they have to realize they're paying all the money for it they have to ensure that it's done properly and this is the, that what they want to see happen you have to remember: What if the Jews don't give any money? You need communal coffers to pay for all these karbanas. What if the Jews don't give? In ador, you had to collect all the half shekels. What if nobody gives? Well, nobody gives this year. The building campaign, the, not the building campaign. It's the what do you call it? Maintenance. The, the maintenance campaign. We have a base of maintenance, but we need we need the maintenance. We have to pay the salaries. We need we need animals. Nobody wants to pay. So show your loyalty to me in action that there will be, of course, the Kohanim will do it, but the Kohanim cannot do it if you guys aren't supporting with the money. And therefore, and what does Hashem want? See, now it's beautiful. Tzavah, command the Jewish people. What are you commanding them for? This is the question. Command the Kohanim. But no, 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 because the last section, Moshe's worried about all the Jewish people. You're going to leave them be with nobody? she said, I'm not going to leave them with nobody. But first they have to be the ones who are alacritous and tell them that I want korbanos as a pleasant aroma, a reach nichoach, and I want your loyalty, which will be done through the kohanim, but only if you guys are supportive of this. Okay. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. So ah, well, not so fast. No, <laughs> no, no but, but we're on the right track. This is what's bothering. We're not going to go back on this. But now you got to think for a minute. So let's go back. So, what what is Rashi saying over here now? So let's continue. So so let's go for source four. So you see, That's what's bothering. Why why the Jewish people it should be Kohanim? So what did it say before source four? It said a Hashem. Hashem find somebody Hashem says you're commanding me on my children command your children upon me so here's a question since when does Moshe give God commands since when does Moshe give God commands must be this is something for survival this is serious they're in the desert. You know, you gotta to to take care of them. Yeah. This is serious. But still, but still, that's what you talk to God. <laughs> that's yeah. where you talk to God. Well, you're commanding God. You can say pretty please, but you're commanding God. That's a little bit. And 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 and, and as as I'm saying, well, you expect me to do that. Well, they better do this for me. And what do they have to do? Just give them a pleasant aroma? It doesn't sound like a quid pro quo to me. Do you hear what's going on? Rashi's saying, Moshe said, God, you've got to take care of them. They can't be a sheep without, without, with a, with a, with a, sheep without a shepherd. They're going to die. It's going to be chaos. That really is bad. But listen, you can you don't have to have so much chutzpah. Huh? But say, wait a minute, you think that's important. It's much more important that I get pleasure from them. What? Well, that doesn't seem to jive. Is that more important than survival? Moshe only wanted survival for the Jewish people, and what does Hashem says? I want them to give me pleasure. This is what's bothering Rashi. He's under. He knows what the text is saying, but it still doesn't fit. Like he'd like it to fit. Let me recap. The question that's bothering Rashi is the title Tzavas Why is God commanding the Jews? You should command the Kohanim. That was the question. The answer is: Let's look at what's before. What's well, so the foremost she said God you got to take care of the Jews Hashem said I got to take care of them They got to take care of me So I'm commanding you to tell them To give me respect Okay That is the shot, But there's still something missing So up to now we have Rashi But without the metaphor So what's still bothering us Well since when does Hashem command God what to do and number two, it seems that what Moshe is asking is much more important than what Hashem is asking. Hashem just say, Well, they better give me pleasure. Well, Moshe is asking for survival. That's what's bothering Rashi with the simple. So I said, Now I have to add a metaphor that's going to answer everything for you. Somehow the metaphor answers the question. How does the metaphor answer the question? Oh, this is cavalcanti. Let's go. What does Rashi pick? A basmelech, a princess. What does that mean? She is aristocracy. Who is she married to? A commoner. commoner. Not a king. A A commoner. A commoner. Who is not aristocratic. Okay? And before she dies, she tells the husband, take care of the boys. Well, the husband can... Now what Rashi didn't want is what the Sifri said the Sifri said he's a king and she's a queen they're both aristocracy so what Rashi didn't like was so she asked the, the king take care of the boys okay take care of the boys but you better make sure they don't rebel against me what does the king care he's the king he's got enough on his plate it's not like he's missing anything if they mislave off with their heads. Okay, re, re, rebels can take the king down. Yeah, but not. But you want me to take care of them? Listen, the king is fine. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. The king's got plenty without the kids. It's good to be king. But Rashi's version is much different. Rashi, she's a princess. She's aristocracy. He's a regular guy. When she dies, the kids just have a dad who's a regular guy. And he's saying, take care of them. He says, I'll take care of them, but they may not treat me at all like anything because I'm nothing special. Now you understand why the father is worried. And more than that, because my sons are grand. They have royal blood. They're grandchildren of the king. And I'm just a nobody. And therefore, they may not respect me. You hear what Rashi's weaving in over? You're going to see it all come together in another five minutes. But you see the difference between the Sifri's analogy and Rashi. Sifri is the king. The king's got everything. So take care of the kids. Okay, I take care of the kids. What, I'm not going to take care. What, what's the problem with the kids? I can take care of the kids. That's not a problem. And and tell them take care of me. What do take care of me? I, I got a whole kingdom. I got a life without them. But in the analogy of Rashi, what does the father have? He's a commoner. His children are grandchildren of royalty, but he's a commoner. He so says, take care of them. Take care of them. Make sure they take care of me. Because if they leave me, I have nothing. I have nothing because I'm just a commoner. I got two boys, three boys. Tell them to, to respect me because if they don't, I have absolutely nothing. That's what Rashi is trying to bring across. Okay, and now we're going to see what Moshe is doing over here. Moshe, we go back to analogy. Hashem, now, so now let's plug in the analogy. Moshe is. The princess. Princess. God is. The husband. Her husband. Oh, I know what you're saying. Wait a minute, he's neither king? Not yet. And the children? Are what, royalty? Royalty. So we know that Moshe was a good shepherd, and we know that Eshes Chayil does Ritzon Bala, and Moshe he says what Hashem wants. But now, but now Moshe is the princess, and she's about to die. And at this point, her now, whatever she was a princess, and vis-a-vis Hashem's relationship which I better say it now, it's going to bother you this question the whole time. Hashem, of course, is our king. But that's not what gives us any nachas. What gives nachas is that we're his children. Yeah. And of course he's a king. But Hashem didn't pick us to be his children because he's Mal- the king. It, not, forget about the king right now. Yeah. I love the Jewish people. You know, a lot of people say... I love you, they don't say it, but I love you because I need you. That's not a good love, is it? Hashem says to the Jews, I need you because I love you. It's much different. Of course, Hashem's the king, but Hashem did not create the Jewish people for the purpose of being a king over the Jewish people. Hashem created the world to give pleasure to man, correct? And he wanted to give the infinite pleasure to a special group of people who would be the Jewish people who would have a relationship as a father would have to a child. Correct? And when a father has a child, does he love the child because he needs the child? Or does he need the child because he loves the child? What happens? God forbid he loses the child. He needs the child because without the child, who's he going to love? So forget about the fact, of course we know God's the king, and that goes without saying he's the king and all that stuff. But this isn't about the kingship. This isn't about him ruling the world. This is about this special relationship that Hashem has with us as a father has with children. And Hashem wants to give us everything. He needs to give us everything because he loves us so Moshe Rabbeinu turns to Hashem and he says Hashem you know they're going to need someone to take care of them it's very important Hashem says I know it's very important you know what's more important that they give me nachas that I could be their father that I could give to them that's equally as important you think of people without a shepherd that could die and that's important I'm not telling you it's not important But when you die, what if they're gonna just say, We don't need this king? We don't need this father. We don't need Hashem as the father. We'll go find another father. So please tell them to be my child. Because for me, this is the most important thing in the world. A king I am, I can kill whoever. I got power, I got everything. It's one thing I, even as the king, cannot force. I can't force somebody to love me sincerely. And they are my children. And therefore, Hashem is saying, and, and, and more than that, just like in the analogy, see, the analogy is perfect now. The analogy is you have a, a princess. All Jews are princesses. Right? Moshe is a prince, he's a man of God, he's a prince. Right? We have children, children are part of royalty are part of royalty. Hashem is the vulnerable husband who the kids can abandon. Now the kids can abandon Hashem. We can abandon Hashem. And Hashem can wipe us out. But that doesn't help anything. Hashem wants children. Hashem wants to give to the ones that He loves. And the worst thing that could happen to Hashem is the kids abandon their father. You see how this analogy is perfect. We were asking before Hashem says well what did it say beforehand uh, they, they asked for help uh, they want to be helped and Hashem says what about me so he's saying well, what, what does that have to do with anything isn't it crazy that Moshe is command you know what's the whole like Moshe is telling Hashem what to do and Hashem says I need a pleasure now the analogy is enhancing the whole story the analogy is giving us a proper perspective that we didn't have we think Hashem's just the king The whole point Rashi is bringing it's not about a king. It's about a parent who loves his children. And now the mother is going to leave. And what happens often when a mother, a royal mother, leaves and she leaves children who know that they're aristocracy and their father may not be aristocracy. They may want to leave him. So Moshe says, you got to take care of them. Now normally he wouldn't have the chutzvah to tell Hashem anything. But when he's about to die Moshe about to die His aristocracy comes bubbling up And says I I, no, I, can't, I can't hold back I, Hashem you've got to take care of them I'm going to be dead very soon You've got to take care of them Why? Because they're aristocracy They have to live like aristocracy They have to be raised properly You have to take care of them Hashem says yes But who's going to stop them from leaving me? and only if you tell them before you die that they have to give this pleasant aroma to me as it were then we'll be able to have this relationship Whew. that's a much deeper shot now when we ask what is the most important passage in the torah this is it this is it because what's more important than not abandoning Hashem? The whole purpose of the world. Now, we see that if this is the relationship that Hashem has with the Jewish people, that's a relationship He has with each and every one of us. And the lesson we have to learn is that just like Hashem, and whenever Hashem says Tzav, now we go back to what does Tzav mean? It's, it's to be alacritous for all generations and you have to do something. So what does Hashem want the Jews to do? To make sure there's karbonos. Make sure there's karbonos because that gives me a, a pleasant feeling because that means you appreciate what I'm doing for you and you want me to continue to do that. And as a father, that's very important to me. Now, of course, this is not the real God. The real God is beyond everything and doesn't, doesn't need this, but the way he created the world, as it were, he has this relationship with us. So now, this is amazing, because now we don't have a base on English anymore. So what took the place of Korbonos? Prayer. So now we have to understand, what is it that really we're supposed to accomplish with prayer? supposed not accomplish prayer to give Hashem the relationship. that pleasant aroma. It's the relationship. That, that pleasant aroma. That's what Hashem wants. That Hashem chose us to be His children. The unlimited Creator chose us to be His children and therefore He makes Himself vulnerable because we can choose not. So it's, it, it's a choice that comes from God's undefined essence so to speak and that it's an infinite desire and Hashem as we said He needs us because He loves us but if we don't we walk away from that relationship then there's no relationship and Hashem so to speak is stuck so really really Hashem created this whole system in a way that shows that He needs us and that means He needs each and one and that means when you stop in the middle of a day and a busy day and you're a man and you daven mincha you're showing Hashem Hashem I know that you need me and I want to show you how much I love you and appreciate that love and therefore no Jew should ever say what does Hashem need me for and that's the most important pasuk. and how often does Hashem need you well how often many of us have children what is your greatest fear? You'll loo- you lose them one way or another. Not that they'll die, but you know, they get married, you could have a son, you raise your life, he meets a wonderful woman, and the woman now is everything in his life, and of course he respects the parents, but he has a new focus on life. And what's the greatest fear we have as parents? We're going to lose them. Guess what? So does Hashem. so does Hashem. And Hashem says, please, bring an offering every day. Show me that you love me. Show me that you're there for me. Call. You want me to take, Moshe, you want me to take care of them? That's not the real question. I can do it all. But the real question is, are they going to want me to take care of them? And that's in the korbanos. And we don't have korbanos, but when you daven minkha, what are you saying? You're saying, Hashem, I... I didn't forget about you. I know I'm a very powerful businessman. I did not forget about you. I want to tell you that I love you and I need you. So there's no such thing as an ordinary mincha. You know, And just very briefly, I had so much more to say, but this is the message Rashi's telling us, and that's why it's the most important passage. When Rabbi Manus Friedman came to visit a fellow who tried to commit suicide, Jew, and he failed. He was a real loser. So he comes in to see him, and the kid says, if you tell me what the priest just told me, you can leave right now. He says, what? What did the priest say? He told me that God loves me, and that's a load of garbage. Why would God love me? So Ray Friedman said, he had a good point. So what did Ray Friedman say? He says, maybe you're right. Maybe God doesn't love you. (laughs) What? I got his attention. Yeah, maybe God doesn't love you. But one thing's for sure. He needs you. The very fact that you were born means that God needs you. He has plenty of people in this world without you. He didn't need you. But if he brought you, he needs you. And that means there's something you can do that he needs. And that switched the boy's whole way of looking at things in life. So that's why this is the most important puzzle. And that's the whole different. This Rashi is a sleeper. Now we look, command all Jews. What do all the Jews got to do? What do you mean all the Jews got to do? They got to make sure that the Kermodos are there. We got to make sure to make the king happy. Why do you got to make sure? Because he's not the king. He's the father. And the father doesn't want us to forget him. And we do every day to remind him. And that now is really what the morale means about consistency. When you're consistent, we're not negating what he said. But consistency means, I know. I know you need me every day. Doesn't a parent want to hear from a child every day? That's what Hashem wants, the same thing. And not that Hashem is demanding from it. He needs it. And, of he, and that's why He loves us. That's why we should love Him back. Okay, I had to, I had to quickly about hurry on that for that.